Hey, what's happening, everybody? Welcome back to Mental Health Casual. I am your host, Lucky, and today we're going over to the addiction subreddit. But before we get into that, if any of you guys are new here, first off, welcome. Basically, what I do here is I go to different mental health subreddits or subreddits that have anything to do with mental health and give some general advice, although I am not a professional uh, by any means. So feel free to take my advice with a grain of salt or apply it to your life however you see fit. Uh, welcome back, everybody. Hopefully, you guys are having a good holiday season. Um, as I mentioned on this channel uh, and many of my other channels, I have I had a pretty tough road all the way up to Christmas in terms of my depression and stuff. And, you know, ultimately, I feel a lot better. Dude, once Christmas passed, I felt so good. I, I really... It was it was actually pretty wild how great I felt the day after Christmas. But before that, like I think a week leading up to Christmas, some of the oh man, I was just feeling terror, absolutely terrible. Um, but you know, ultimately survived it and I'm feeling a lot better. But you know, like, like listen, just like every other addict out there, man, like you know, you pass by that that alcohol section at the store and. You know, man, urges start to kick in real hard. I mean, obviously, I would not, uh, you know, I, I would like to think that I wouldn't do anything like that. But I also have to be very cognizant of it. Um, you know, I don't even go down the alcohol aisle anymore. I used to use it just because uh, to get to self-checkout, there's a really easy, like, if I'm all the way at the back of the store, like, the alcohol section goes straight to self-checkout. But, you know, I, obviously, I, I can just go down another aisle and, you know, get down there, so... Um, everything has been, been okay ever since then, but yeah, leading up to Christmas was absolutely terrible. Hopefully all of you had a great, uh, holiday season, no matter what you're celebrating. And, you know, hopefully you didn't have to go through as near uh, a tough time as I did. But anyway, why don't we get into the first, uh, post here it says TV addict boyfriend, um, boyfriend is self-employed, uh, when not working two hours a day or not talking to me, he watches TV all day. The next day, YouTube all day. The next day, MMO all day. We're talking like 10 a.m. to 10 p.m. And I'm cringing so hard. Never wants to do anything with me unless dinner slash drinks. He has bad depression. I have regular depression. What do I even say? I'm trying to be understanding of addiction and mental health, but it's honestly sickening and pitiful to see someone fry their brain like this with no guilt slash regret. I feel like I'm in a convalescent home. How do I ask someone to use their brain, try harder? Should I not care? Uh, too long to read. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, um, so you got to be careful about how you approach this because the the thing about okay, and listen, I'm making a generalization here, but to a certain degree, I I find this happens a lot more with uh with uh, with women sometimes is that they they don't end up being as direct as they so they they end up wanting to tell you something, but since they don't want to be direct, and maybe this can just be used for everybody, but when you want to be direct with somebody, be direct with them. Don't try and uh, don't try and dance around the issue when you're talking about something and give these passive aggressive hints. Right. I'm trying to think of a good example of this. Uh, let me try and work this out in my own head. So let's say she goes up to her boyfriend and says, uh, you know, uh, hey, you know, it's nice. It's nice having you watch TV all day. But, you know, maybe you could maybe you could, uh, you know, maybe we could actually go out and do something. That kind of approach is probably going to fall flat on his face. Your boyfriend will start to close up. Um, you know, it, it, he's not going to be as receptive to what you're trying to say. Instead, uh, for at least for me, like, you know, when I was dealing with uh, marijuana, I just felt that my my girlfriend was not at, at the time. Right. So my ex now, um, my girlfriend was was pretty like judgmental of me and not saying that's a terrible thing. Right. Like, obviously, we need to use our judgment to 
tell us whether or not this is good. Because, you know, I was smoking a lot of weed at that point, drinking a lot. And so, but the thing was, the problem was that she was participating in it too. So that was the other reason why I wasn't super, excuse me, into what she had to say. But the other thing was she ended up just very, uh, it, it, it was almost like she wasn't propelling me to another place. So, um, you know, instead of just discouraging, uh, you know, your boyfriend or anything like that, you know, encourage him in other ways. Tell him how, like, what he's good at, right? Um, you know, he's self-employed. That's cool. Like, what I, I don't know what he does, but, uh, you know, figuring out your uh, how to push him into another direction is a lot better because just pulling him, just just uh, pounding him down is not going to help. So try and encourage him into other directions. You'd be surprised at how simple guys are. We're very motivated by uh, by uh, trying to please, trying to um, like be the be the provider for for our family. And if you can tell, if you can tell a guy that, uh, hey, you know, I really need the trash out, and you can, you can like let him know how appreciative you are, man, you would be surprised at how much he wants to do it again. Uh, so you know, obviously there are other ways that you can do this. Um, you know, let let him know that you've been struggling. Maybe that maybe you opening up could be a great uh, way for him to start opening up. Uh, that that one. I don't know. I'm a little iffy on that one because, you know, sometimes if you're so far gone into like, you know, um, addiction of especially of entertainment, you, you don't want anything, you know, even your significant other to get in the way of that. Um, but yeah, I would just say be as direct as you can with them at this point and try and let them know that you want to spend more time with them, that you do want, you know, you want to, uh, you still love them, but you do want because you love them, you want to spend more time around him, you know. Um, and it, you know, perhaps maybe it hurts. It hurts your feelings that he doesn't want to spend as much time around you, right? You know, let him know exactly how you feel, but also do not be passive aggressive. That is one of the worst ways to to, to just, or that's probably one of the best ways to close somebody off from you, because uh, then they start to uh, they start to think of you as uh, as annoying. They start to think of you as not upfront. Um, and it, you know, instead of hearing it straight from your mouth, all of a sudden they start, you know, psychoanalyzing everything that you say from now on. And yeah, it can be pretty, it can be pretty tough when you start to become way too passive aggressive. Right. So just be as, as, as honest as you can, but also listen, uh, this addiction is going to be like any other addiction. If he does not want to stop and he does not, and he values the TV over you and all that other stuff then you might want to think about your uh, your options outside of him right you guys are not married um, i'm assuming you're probably living together but you uh you know that that's an option to explore as well i'm not i'm not saying that i i that would be my first resort um but you know listen leave that as as a as a um, as a as a um, as an option because just like other addictions right like let's say if you were dealing with a meth addict or a crack addict or anything like that you'd probably have that as an option right um, hopefully hopefully you have enough self-respect to tell yourself that you know if the, if he does not value me over his addiction then I have to leave okay so um, just something to think about obviously not trying to scare anybody out there that's dealing with this but tv addiction entertainment addiction is a terrible thing just as bad as anything else video game addiction any of that stuff it, it's all pretty bad it can it can get to the point where you start to um what would you say uh, you start to forget about hygiene you start to 
uh, la- lose sleep, which ends up making you want to eat a little bit more, makes you want to uh, ma- makes you irritable. You know, I mean, it, what what is that? It sounds like a drug addict to me too. Like it sounds like every other addict too, right? Maybe getting in in the way of your sleeping patterns, like all that kind of stuff. So. Um, Anyway, so just treat it like any other addiction. Um, obviously, it's not going to like exactly resemble other addictions, but uh, the behavior is a lot like an addiction. So, um, oh, sorry, the, the behavior is a lot like other addictions. So treat it just like that, but also make sure that you value yourself enough to say, I am not going to deal with somebody who does not want to deal with me. Okay, so best of luck to both of you in that uh, in that endeavor. Let's see the next post here. It says, two months sober. Okay, first off, before we get into this, congratulations. Uh, it says, but my mental health is a complete mess. Ooh, not congratulations on that. But anyway, um, every day I'm tortured by extreme anxiety and suicidal thoughts. I've tried different meds. I meditate. I work out most days, and I try my best to eat clean. As soon as I try a new med, I seem to become dependent on it, and it almost uh, on it almost instantly. So come, So coming off and trying another doesn't work. I'm honestly ready to pack it in, live life on benzos for a while, and then uh, KMS, which is a uh, is an acronym for "kill myself." I know two months or ain't um, two months ain't, isn't ages, but ser- but I seriously can't cope with how I feel each day, and it's too overwhelming. I see everyone get clean and be happy, and it's freaking and it freaking sucks because I if uh, my mental health got better and I became more stable, being sober, then it would be a hell of a lot easier. Yeah, that's absolutely true. Obviously, we look at people who become sober and you like to think that um, everything is A-OK. But listen, we still struggle, like even when you're even when you're two years sober like me. Right. So, you know, I, I think that we like to we like to overemphasize the greatness of what happens when you're sober. The problem is when we don't talk about the downsides of being sober you don't let people know about the full experience of sobriety. Sobriety is tough, man. Sobriety is a, is a hard road. You don't have the, e- uh, I don't know if I want to say the easy way out, like other people do, of getting away from their emotions. But, you know, you there there's there's this thing that you used to use to cope with, and it's not, you can't use it anymore. It's basically like like an allergy now. Like it's, it, if you drink it, you'll die. Or if you drink it, you'll uh, go down a path that you that was going to lead to your death anyway. So uh, it's not all, you know, uh, sunshine and rainbows when you get sober. In fact, it's very, very dark. In fact, it could even be the first like couple of months could be even darker than when you were drinking. And that's just the truth. It's not I'm not trying to scare people out of it. Like, oh, yeah, never, definitely never get uh, never, never quit the drink or anything like that. You don't want to go through those couple of months that are worse than when you're drinking. Right. I, I will say this though. Um, afterwards, your happiness is not as artificial as it was before. You know, or not artificial. It wasn't as de- it's not as dependent on on this substance as it was before. It's not dependent on it, on it at all at all, right? So when you get into this, like finding happiness from the things that you achieve rather than just a simple puff of that smoke or uh, or a shot of that whiskey or whatever. Uh, it starts to become a lot more authentic. Authentic. That was the word I was trying to look for earlier, but you know, words are hard. Um, it's just so authentic, and that authentic happiness. I remember actually somebody. Oh man, there was a guy that I used to work with, and he he told me that he quit quit smoking weed, and I, I was I was heavy into weed, and I, I'd actually I'd smoked with him before, but anyway, 
one of the things that I he'd mentioned to me is like, yeah, I, f- I feel like I'm not like, you know, I feel like I'm, I don't have like this artificial happiness, you know, kind of like with artificial sweeteners, right? It's like the difference between eating like a strawberry that's like naturally sweet and uh, and uh, an artificial sweetener. Obviously, I have nothing against artificial sweetener. I drink a lot of like Diet Dr. Pepper and all that stuff, and I think, don't think there's anything wrong with it. But there's like that 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 naturalness to it that uh, that you don't get anywhere any uh, anywhere else else. Excuse me. And so, yeah, when we're when we're talking about uh, you know happiness, man, natural happiness is some of the best feeling in the world. It, it's no guilt happiness a lot of the time. So. Um, you know, just stay, stick in there, you know, two months, that is great, but I'm telling you after probably a couple more months and getting your meds right, obviously if you get like, I don't know if anybody's ever felt what it's like to have the wrong meds. I, I personally have not either, but some of the people that I've met who, uh, you know, even on like who I've had on the show, um, or on the podcast earlier when I used to interview people, when they didn't get their meds right, man, it was basically like having another, uh, like another, um, mental illness. It was, it was crazy it was like stacked on top of their other one so anyway uh best of luck to you uh in terms of in terms of sobriety there are there is a dark part of sobriety which is that first couple first little while and then it's still you still have dark parts in there and you know i I think we should have that conversation a little bit more about the dark maybe i should make a video about that at some point but we should be talking about that dark side of of sobriety, just because I, I think that you need to know the ri- the the consequences of because everything is, is has a consequence to it. Even if you do something that is great for you, even if you do something that is quote unquote good for you, it, it will have a consequence to it. And I think you should, um, if we only talk about the sunshine and rainbows part, people are going to be very disillusioned when they end up trying to become sober. So, anyway, that is a great point. I, I'm I'm hopefully things get better for you. Uh, as you go forward, you know, it, it does break my heart to hear, you know, about, you know, the, the idea of wanting to be on benzodiazepines, especially since they're very, very addictive and you can't just quit them cold turkey. They're another thing that you, uh, uh, they're another drug that you can't just quit cold turkey because your body becomes so dependent on them. So yeah, hopefully you are, um, Hopefully that you uh, you get the help that you need and you you get the meds that you need. Anyway, let's go to the next post, which is about a very different addiction, but still an addiction. It says just relapsed, uh, but stopped way shorter than I've gone in the past. Still feel like a loser, but I only spent fifteen hundred dollars, a thousand one thousand five hundred dollars on online gambling and didn't keep funneling money like I normally do. Maybe it's a small win, but I do feel like a loser. Um, yeah, and by the way, uh, this isn't. Listen, a thousand five hundred dollars is a lot to me, and it could be a lot, like sound a lot to you, especially if you're in like college or something like that. Um, but I have heard about way worse gambling uh, feats than this, so I'm assuming this person went hard in the gambling realm. That's actually one of the reasons why I don't gamble. Um, first off, I I am a jinx. I know my name is Lucky, but bro, I have I, I you know I I do friendly bets like twenty bucks, forty bucks, or something like that with my friends sometimes on the Super Bowl. I've won like two or three out of like 10 that I've, I've bet on. So if I have bet on your team, I do apologize. They probably lost because of me, but also I get very, very hyper fixated when, you know, when, when, when I'm, uh, you know, when I'm, when I'm doing good. So I feel like I would just be like, I'd be one of those people that's just like, I know I can win more. Even if I won like $500 or something like that, I know I can win more, you know, that kind of stuff. So, 
Uh, I, I try not to do that. Would I ever gamble? Eh, maybe if the chance like uh, presented itself and I was in like Las Vegas or something like that. But I also know my personality. So, it, you know, I, I, I don't I, I'm very hesitant about that. Let me let me just say that. But, you know, in terms of you, this is a, a this is great for you. I'm glad that you're you're you notice that you're not funneling as much money. Like I said, fifteen hundred dollars is a lot of money. But for a gamble for a gambling addict, I'm sure that's that's kind of like a, um, if you relapse and you took a shot and you stopped yourself afterwards. So um, I, I think that's probably the, the best comparison that I can give you guys. Because uh, I've heard about some guys losing money, bro, like, you know, ten to thousands going all the way up to the hundred thousands. Um, now, that being said, you should try and remember what this feels like um, a lot. Like when you put your hand on a stove like that, how that's how that should um, how, how you should remember that feeling so that you don't uh, go next to anything burning again. So you get the idea imprinted in you. Um, just remember this feeling as you go forward. Like you don't have to feel uh, complete shame all of the time but when you're when you're about to go and try and gamble remember that feeling that you feel right now and remember that this is going to lead you to the exact same place see the thing about addiction i think that um it helps me um remember or sorry what helps me with my addiction is the idea that i've been here before i have empirical data empirical knowledge of my of my own you know i guess let's just say anecdotal knowledge and um, but I, I've seen where this path leads many times. I've seen what happens when I get this drunk. I throw up. I black out. I do this. Like I've seen what happens very, very, like a lot of times, right? So me just trying to ignore that it doesn't exactly work because I know that it's happened before. Now, for some people uh, out there that have never felt that happen before, you know, whether it be like drinking or anything like that, like obviously uh, you, we shouldn't have to just go to a, down to rock bottom to in order to know that it's there. For me, I am very much one of those people. Like I'm one of those people that's like, you know, somebody says like, oh yeah, you definitely don't want to do this. Like, really? Let's see why. And then all of a sudden I do it and I'm like, wow, I shouldn't have done that. And they're like, yeah, I told you. But oh, I, I still had experience. You know, I, I'm one of those people. I'm just, I just am. Um, I, I don't do that with everything, right? But yeah, I, I just, I just am, man. You know, so. Um, but you know, luckily, I've gone through my addiction. I've, I've um, accepted my addiction for what it is. But I also see the. I also still have those tough times where it's. You know, my my body just is just like, hey, you remember those fun days? Yeah, man, you remember the fun. You remember the fun, but you don't remember the consequences that came with those days at those times. So, um, but yeah, best of luck to you. Just remember this moment for when you try and do this again. Uh, what's done in what's done in the past is is done. Uh, so you know, remember remember this one for for the later uh, for the later days. So, um, let's see. Uh, let's see. Can anyone relate? Is the next post here. I came to terms with being an addict this year. In the past, I didn't. I didn't think I was an addict because I had never gotten physically dependent on any substance. Even to this day, I have no physical dependency on any drugs. It's mental. I'm an addict because I abuse substances to cope slash hide from emotional pain and negative emotions. I've abused many substances, but my drug of choice, uh, drug of choice is Xanax. I also have, I have also been smoking pot since I was 12. Now I'm 25, but have recently stopped smoking weed and taking Xanax. Uh, I, I still struggle with taking Kratom, uh, again, never physical, but mental. Can anyone else relate to this? Yeah. And I think, you know, just because this person says that they're not, uh, that they're not, 
uh, what do you, what do you want to say? Uh, because I think that uh, that's how a lot of people think about this, right? It's like, oh yeah, I'm not I'm not addicted. I just um, I just you know smoke when I feel down, or I drink when I when I you know I'm feeling a little down. It's like okay, but there being sad is a natural emotion in life. You're gonna feel sad at multiple points in your life. In fact, maybe sometimes multiple times a day, maybe, you know, depending on, you know, if you work in retail, you're probably going to be sad a couple of times a day because you have deal have to deal with your boss. You have to deal with your customers. Uh, there's going to be a lot of times where you feel sad and going to the drink every single time or going to weed or anything like that, or in this case, Xanax, uh, every single time is, you know, is that, con- is that, is that solving your problems is the first thing that you should ask yourself. Is that solving your problems or is it masking them? Is it going to make them worse? Um, and yeah, the, the idea of physical dependency, um, you know, I, I, I think the mental dependency is the same thing as physical dependency to, to you know, just be fair. It's, it, it isn't exactly. But for me, I like to think of those all as interconnected. And so sometimes, you know, I think that, um, you know, especially, you know, for me, right. Uh, I'm, I get addicted to like a lot of things, like I just very easily, I, I'm, I'm very easily addicted to anything that, that feels good to me. Right. Um, anything that I can, I can see as a treat of some sort, like I get addicted almost immediately, but, um, looking at that as well, I think that, uh, I, I think that, that when we use drugs to cope with things, it becomes, it gets to the point where it becomes part of our lifestyle. And it also becomes pretty much like we're, we're basically using it to self-medicate. Um, and I think that that term is very important because think about the way that people, that you take a, um, like if you have a headache, you take a Tylenol or Excedrin or whatever it is you take, you have allergies, you take an antihistamine, you know, that kind of stuff. Well, if you do that, so just imagine if you ended up uh, taking, or sorry, let's say you ended up having a headache or something like that, and you decided to drink alcohol instead, or you just, you had, uh, you had, um, whatchamacallit, uh, what did I just say, allergies, and you decided to drink alcohol instead. Alcohol doesn't solve any of those problems. It, it, in fact, it worsens those problems. Weed might help with some of those problems, but if you're going in it for the wrong reasons, uh, weed can make you spiral out of control sometimes, especially if you're tr- just doing it because you're sad. So you got to be kind of careful with what you're doing. You see, the thing is when you say self-medicate, right? Uh, you're not actually using the right medication for, for the job, right? You're basically just using something that's supposed to be in place of it because for some reason, you know, you don't want to take the, the medication that you need to take, or you don't want to get therapy for the things that you need to get over, um, or accept. So, it, like I said, it's like taking the wrong medication for what you're doing, right? Like taking antihistamines for uh, for your headache, it doesn't doesn't work, right? So, uh, so even though it makes sense to an addict, right? It, just think about it rationally, like that for a second, and you'll start to th- see it. You start to see how little sense it makes. So, best of luck with uh, with this, my friend. Um, this is what we call. Uh, this is what this is what we think about when we're saying about the hydra. You're cutting all the heads, but you have to go uh, for the root of the problem, which is the body. Or I don't actually remember how Hercules ended up beating the hydra. To be honest with you, I think he just tied up all their heads and beat the crap out of it. But um, a lot like we talk about getting to the root of the problem, because if you don't, if you just take care of the symptoms, 
well, the root of the problem is still there and there's still going to be like things growing out of it. You need to go attack the root of the problem, which is your depression, which is your mentality. Um, once you take care of that, it becomes a lot easier to uh, to get rid of or to address the addiction. So best of luck to you. Hopefully everything goes well with you. Careful with that Xanax. That is a very uh, that was a very popular drug when I was back in uh, my hometown. So um, I, I definitely know I, I've definitely seen a lot of people like lose lose it on that. But anyway. Remember, guys, you can check out all things casual at the link tree in the description box down below. Also, if you'd like to email me, you can email me at mentalhealthcasual at gmail.com. But as always, guys, don't forget to keep it casual.